With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, everybody. The podcast that's probably had just about enough of all this now and wants the sodding tournament to start. Thank you very much. Oh, mega. Yeah, 100%. Like, make it, make it, all of this stop, please. I just want to have the <laughs> real thing. Yeah. We're inching slowly towards it, I suppose. I am Lee. Welcome, everybody. And you are? Hi. I remain Josh. We are both, and together we are unsatisfied. No, we're not really. We're <laughs> well, a little bit. Anyway, yeah. if you want to get in touch with us and talk about how you wish the tournament was here a bit sooner, then you can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud. That's me, or Lee at bloodandmud.com. And Josh is? Uh, at Josh Gardner at, and at Rugby Shirt Watch, and indeed RugbyShirtWatch.com. That's Rugby Shirt Watch, by the way. Some people do get confused by that. Although that is something we should maybe look at, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, just let's just camp on that URL, if nothing else, you know. We are on Acast, we are on Apple Podcasts, we are on anywhere you can find your podcasts, really. But also, most yeah. importantly, for you lovely people out there as supporters, we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash blood and mud. Thank you to everybody who offers us $2 a month is all it'll cost you, just to say thanks very much, lads, for, you know, pumping out this semi-fucking-miserable tosh every week. Because it's <laughs> right mean, up my street. To yeah, to be fair to us, we are cheaper than most podcasts. But at the same time, we're we more are expensive much worse than organi- <laughs> Yeah, and also we're much, much worse organised than a lot of them. So, That's you know. true. So you can get yourself over to patreon.com slash blood and blood and just give it a little bit to, to say thank you very much and support us. And it is really, mm. really, really helpful and thankful and useful and all those fulls. 
Um, it certainly on is. On top of that, there are some people, though, who say not only do I want to come into the Aleb Brewer Lounge, which is what our special membership areas cost, there are people who then say, no, I want to give a little bit more and get a bit of recognition on the pod by going behind the rope of the VIP area. That's paying a little bit oh, yes. extra. They're special people. And this they week, are. I'd like to shout a big thank you out to Jesse Murray, who's joined the VIP lounge. And I love, I well, think, Jesse more than more than a lot of people who joined the VIP lounge because it seems that he exclusively joined the VIP lounge to go onto the Patreon comments, which you can do, to tell yeah. us that he disagreed with us about Finn Russell. I mean, fair play. And You're I bloody love that. I love the fact yeah. that he, he he basically, I can picture him a bit bowling down the street, <laughs> a bit drunk, seeing this bird and going, those bastards in there, I'm coming in to get them told. Not before you pay your cover charge, you're not, pal. I'll ha- happily do it, says Jesse. And then he comes and he got us told. Thank you very much indeed. It was a nice chat, actually. I mean, I respect the fuck out of that, to be honest. Yes. Yeah. Well done, Jesse, and so, well done, uh, and thank indeed. you, everybody. Welcome, welcome. We like you anyway. Welcome. Stay as long as you like. Yes. Um, shall we start as we always start with the player spotted? Of course. Well, how else would we start? Well, exactly. Tom Ozdoba gets in touch. In touch. Tom O. Tom Ozdoba. He says on the DMs, and he says, "I've got a new player spotted for Lee." He says, "Last evening I was taking the dogs out." He lives in France, does Tom? He said, "Last evening I was taking the dogs out." Our corner brasserie was serving the Wolverine himself, Maxime Medard. Wow. Along with his partner and daughter, about three or four years old, did a polite polite hello, a bit of a chat about the schedule before Japan, one fullback to another. It was as pedestrian as his armchair ride versus Italy the other week. <laughs> Imagine living like somewhere where like- one, one that you have a corner brasserie. I live in <laughs> Flint in North <laughs> Wales. Such a thing is, is mystical to me. Do you even have corners in Flint? <laughs> the, the two major corners in town, one has a pub on it and one has what used to be the NatWest Bank and the Midland Bank, well, obviously, both yeah, of obviously which are closed isn't. down. They have big two let signs on them. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, not only do you have a corner brasserie, but you see French internationals lurking around there with the kids. Mm. That sounds like a nice place to live. Is yeah. that, does, that, does that remind you of Aberdare, Josh? Is that an Aberdare vibe to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're fucking tripping over brasseries. In... To be fair, you're probably tripping over international rugby players in Aberdeen, though. In all, in all. Um, honesty. Well, we're not. There's absolutely. Like, do you see that in the Wales squad? There is one <laughs> player. That, well, two if you count Bether as uh, Bether as the Valleys, but there's yeah. one player from the Valleys in the Wales squad, which is uh, Jared Evans. Pops. Is it? Uh, no, no. Well, he's not in the squad. Um, of course, he's not. He was from Ponty no, Pre. Uh, he was stood at Ponty Pre talking. Oh yeah, actually, Corey Hill is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. um, oh, what's his face? Um, Thomas Williams is uh from the Ronda. Yeah. Oh, it's lean pickings up there then. Well, you know, it's there's there's a should let you know how cultured and how we are falling over brasseries in Aberdeen. There's recently opened uh, an Italian restaurant that's mm. um that's ambitiously describing itself as an Italian dining experience. Um, and it's just... And it's Asterisk just may not be Italian. <laughs> and apparently it's very good. I haven't been. But it is just called David. I like it. I mean, it's... it's David? It's sort of, as in yeah, the statue? David. I, yeah. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. It's David. I don't know whether that's because David runs it. But, yeah. 
Are all the waiters uh, nude like David? That'll bring I it up. I have but I can only assume that that is. Going for the hen party crowd. Don't go to Cardiff. Come here. Everyone's naked. <laughs> um, by all accounts, it is very nice. Uh, although I'm slightly against it in that that same building has housed a really bad all you can eat Chinese buffet and a middling to poor uh, Indian restaurant where once I spilt an entire curry all over the tablecloth and then tried to cover it up before the waiter came back. What did you so, try to cover it up with if it was already on the tablecloth? A plate? Oh, with one, like, you platter? know, they do the massive, na- massive napkins. Ah, so right. just put one of those down, put the curry on top and, of it. And then he removed the napkin and the curry and the huge stain revealed itself. <laughs> you didn't try to cover it with those trays with candles in they used to give you? <laughs> no, I didn't, no. What do you mean used to give you? Well, I go to one now. That's the, the one I go to now. They have these hot plates that are in like and, and they like a like a like a, in a heating thing, and they bring them out and put oh, them down. Shit. There's none of the candles going on. Oh, it's oh, moved, the technology's yeah, moved on. It's like the long, it's like the longbow and Agincourt. You know, you got to keep up. <laughs> <laughs> right then, that was that. Yeah, Should we talk some? That, that was that. Yeah. Believe it or not. Uh, Hang on, before we move off this, because I'm fascinated. Was it one of those restaurants that does Indian and Chinese under the same roof? One of those international No, no, no. It was an Indian restaurant and then a all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet uh, that got closed down by health and safety, and now it is David. I never Uh, trust those ones that do all of the types of food. Oh, wait, absolutely not. Yeah, if you you serve more than one country of cuisine, I'm not interested. (laughs) What do you mean you do Thai, Indian, and South African food? (laughs) Yeah. There's a there's a buffet restaurant in Bristol called uh, Zaza Bazaar, which is the worst name for anything that's ever existed. <laughs> that at one point and possibly still is, it was the largest restaurant in Britain in terms of size. It's like a fucking aircraft hangar, um, and it's a world banquet buffet. It's like an so all inclusive resort, fucking dining yeah. experience, basically. It does, yeah, and it does everything badly, and it's Brilliant. one of the worst places I've ever eaten. Speaking of doing everything badly, back to the podcast. Um, and uh, let's talk with some news, shall we? Do we want to do Agustin Pichot in the news? I mean, that guy just cannot... He's definitely... He's getting his oar in left, right, centre, back to front. That guy just cannot stop having an opinion right now, which is weird given he's been quiet as fuck while his you know, doomed plan to totally overhaul <laughs> Test Rugby was frothing away and now that's gone tits up he suddenly developed a fucking that was quietly disappeared again very quietly yes. disappeared that was extremely quietly <laughs> matt on twitter did say he's fascinated that that p show doesn't seem to understand how his own organization works yes and so, well i mean he's basically setting himself up as the reformer in chief isn't he he wants to be the next man in charge and he wants to in a sort of vaguely he wants to drain the swamp in a rugby sense yeah it's got that vibe about it and i just <laughs> he's the like... outright choice for world <laughs> rugby <laughs> with love and respect to gus Pichot, great player that he was and uh, a, a man of a singularly strange profile picture on twitter where he's very he... we sat on a bonnet only sat on the bonnet yeah with sort of wind blowing and it look it very much has the look of a sort of you know, early 2000s mm. soft rock sort of crossover band vibe. Um, but yeah, you know, he's getting it in everywhere. He's slating world rugby for this. He's slating world rugby for that. You know, for the he's, rankings. The rank, it was the rankings. It's eligibility today. You know, he just cannot He knows shut he's up. a very senior guy, though, there, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. 
You know, anybody who's worked in a management structure in an organisation knows a little, well, should know a bit of something about organisational responsibility. That you, you go into a room and your boss says, we need to do this. And you go, well, I completely and fundamentally disagree. And they go, yeah, that's mm. fine. We'll say it in here. What's the problem? Like, well, we still need to do that. All right, I'll change that a bit. And then you've got to go out and tell people what a great idea this is and how they all have to yeah, get behind it. That's kind of it is. that's kind of how organisations work, whether we like it or not, really. Yeah, it is, you know, to, to, to borrow a horrible sort of PR term, it is about staying on message in public. <laughs> and he seems to have lost the ability to give a fuck about that in the last week or so. Is there an election coming? Is that what it is? is, is are these elected periodically? I should know this, but I don't. So I mean, yeah, so should I. But I'm guessing that if it's not, he is probably... You know, in in the, in the style of all good politicians, now you know, with the sport having more scrutiny on it than it ever will in a four-year period over the next month, he is basically lining himself up to be the person who gets lots of retweets on Twitter for telling it like it is. And so, when yeah the next election comes around, he's got that vibe of a a reformer, a person who's going to do you know who's working for the common man etc etc yes. and it's probably all bollocks oh but, you know. augustine p show anyway i can't be able to talk about it anymore he's just getting he's getting on my nerves i'm sure he's, getting oh, he's fucking fuck, like he fucked me off with the, you know it's nothing to do with wales it's everything to do with wales <laughs> I did like literally... on that. yes narrator yeah. it was everything to do with wales <laughs> <laughs> of course it was. In the same way that, you know, everyone who's been whinging about it for the last fortnight, it, you know, it's only because Wales are number one that they're kicking yeah. off. Nobody, ca- um, nobody cares about the ratings, though. Why do you keep fucking banging on about it all the time then? <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. So what else have we got on the news? Um, Sokopi uh, Ke- Kepu is retiring at the end of the World yes. Cup, he said. Yes good player in his day you know perhaps where is he going to is he, is he going to inverted commas retire and then fuck off to France for one he's more a, I don't know Japan. he's retired from international rugby so that's usually what's going to happen isn't it well he's stupid if it doesn't yeah I mean he's 33 fair enough yeah he's really, yeah plenty of, it's about right isn't it especially front rower yeah what other news have um, we got uh Mamuka Gorgodzi's come out of fucking international retirement yes. to be named Georgia's World Cup squad, which yes. is a brilliant way of avoiding pre-season. And if, if, like, there's, if there's a man who's earned the right to avoid pre-season, it's that man. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't speak brilliantly to uh, what's going on with Georgia at the moment, especially after they got humped by Scotland at the weekend, hmm. um, that they've had to pull a 35-year-old man out of retirement the week before the Rugby World Cup <laughs> because they're like, fuck, you know, we're fucked without him. Um, Literally fired a Batman yeah. sign up into the sky when he's come running. Yeah. Also, nine of the Georgia's 31 uh, uh, players in their squad, uh, mainly backs, all play in the Georgian division, which... Mm. And a lot of their backs, uh, basically their entire back division, plays either in Georgia or in Russia or Romania. And I mean, they could surprise everybody. And their pack of forwards will always be fairly impressive, certainly with Gogodzi in there as well. But they don't look brilliant, do they? 
No, it's almost like all the people with those thermonuclear takes about them were wrong. So <laughs> amazing. Well, isn't it? yes, Scotland rather demonstrated that by you know basically Indeed. turning up and absolutely battering them. So <laughs> yeah, in their own back garden. Yeah, yeah. Other news: Afiwe Dianti's B sample is positive for anabolic steroids. That's yeah. in trouble, isn't it? Yeah, that's a magnificently eighties thing to get caught with, though, isn't it? It mega is, and he's blaming in the in that that most twenty nineteen of way, he's blaming uh, some sort of take like supplement that he took that use pro- exemption. That pro- or yeah, I think he's actually bl- he's saying I took a supplement and I didn't read the label properly, and you know. Wada's response, that, eh? yeah, Wada's response to that is, I don't give a fuck. Um, Wada's response to so, that is, shinny wreck on, and either way, we yes. don't care anyway. So, yeah. yeah I mean, because what you get, you get, what did Contador said that he ate some steak, didn't he? That's what he had. Yes. When he yeah. got caught. Uh, ginseng tea, that was one when he asthma, that's the other one. Yeah. And then I mean, the random supplement, of... always a random supplement. The supplements, yeah. I mean, I'm so, I'm disappointed after our chat last week that he didn't blame sex enhancement pills yes, true. from a petrol station. But, you know. I mean, you can't fucking they... move in Holland and Barrett for anabolic steroids accidentally getting in your system, can you? It's easy, <laughs> so, yeah. done. It's easy I mean, done. Who among us hasn't accidentally drunk a protein shake that was riddled yeah. with fucking anabolic steroids? Who among us hasn't just... Chomped on a flapjack to get you the last hour of a bike ride and ended up turning into <laughs> fucking the Hulk. It's interesting though, isn't it? Like, you know, it's so retro anabolic steroids. Yeah, I didn't know? think that it's was like, the thing. I thought the technology had well moved on. I think yeah, maybe it shows it's all like HGH how and fucking all it's that this, stuff. This now, shows how it? shit like the conversion rate on the Rand is. Yeah, so that's all you can afford. Like really all old we've stuff. Got is fucking... Or sort of like crack steroid. cocaine of the steroid world, basically. Yeah. Really cheap and Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a, obviously a weird being flippant about it, but it is a great shame because um, he's a very promising player. He and was. Is, he, is it, I mean, steroid is usually, is it the bulk up steroid? So is well, it's, yeah, it's, it's aging recovery and, but yeah, it's to help you, you know, train harder, recover quicker, et cetera, et cetera, isn't it? So yeah, it's, uh, Maybe he was trying to get himself into some semblance of condition for the World Cup, you know, because mm. he's injured at the moment. But I mean, of all the things whatever. they test for, you're going to get caught for steroids. Maybe he thought steroids is so old-fashioned that they don't test for it anymore. We've forgotten about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We test for all the the new stuff. Well, it's an older code, sir, but it yeah. checks out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, right. What? So, any more news from you? Um, I think that's about it. Uh, yeah. No, there's not. Last really piece from me. According to risky. according to ESPN, it's been leaked that the Premiership clubs have failed in their bid to end relegation. Yes. Yes, I saw that. Um, yeah. That's the end of that then. Yeah. Oh, and Felix Jones, formerly of Munster, is uh, now a defensive consultant for the Springboks for the World Cup. Yes, which, saw um, that. Who, who saw that coming? Um, <laughs> yeah, bizarre. <laughs> yeah. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. 
a Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. ACAST recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So, shall we do the squad chat? Because all of the squads have been released. Literally all of them. Yeah. Is it literally all of them? Um, Well, literally 10 seconds ago, uh, or maybe like half an hour ago, uh, the France or it could be yesterday announced. if you're now listening to this. <laughs> yes, uh, but as we talk, France have been released. Um, Scotland is being released tomorrow, but all the important bits have been leaked. Mm-hmm. Um, Ireland was supposed to be released on Sunday, and then all of the important bits got leaked, so they hurriedly uh, brought it forward, which meant that they didn't have time to uh, do their own little video that people would get pissy about who did it first yeah. um, on the internet about. <laughs> um <laughs> so instead they just had some Japanese writing um, yeah so that's basically everyone now the All Blacks have released their squad that was a couple of days ago yeah. so yeah everyone who's sort of important in the grand scheme of things has basically released it now I guess no offence to everybody who hasn't um, but yeah so should we talk about them? Yeah where do we want to well that's, that's what we generally try to do isn't it so yeah, um, should we work in reverse order? Go on then. Because um, cause France have literally just been announced. So I will read out. Um, yeah, because I don't have that, so you're going to have to read it out. Yeah. <laughs> so the squad is uh, Girardo, obviously, Aldrat, yes, uh, Sirai Bai, uh, Demba Bamba, Yakuba uh-huh. Kamara, Camille Chat, uh, Paul Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. Yeah, Gabriac. Uh, uh, Arthur Turia, Wenceslas Lore, Bernard Leroux, uh, Mavuka, Olivon, Pickamol. Louis Pickamols, very surprising, made it in. Mm. Uh, Jefferson Poirot, uh, Saitano, Slimani, Vahamina, Antoine Dupont, Gael Ficou, Fofana, Guiton, Uge, Camille Lopez, Machino, Medard, Ntamak, Pinot, uh, Rack, Thomas Ramos, Baptiste Saran, and finally, Verumi Vakatawa. Whoa, so, hello. Hello there, yeah. Um, Racker's in there, right? Racker's in there. Big surprises uh, in the misses out. No Felix Lambe. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, they've gone for, he's gone for three locks, and one of them suspended. Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, Gabriel suspended, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's he's got Larue and Vahamina as the two locks that can actually play, and presumably he's going to use Aturia as the yeah a sort of floater. Um, yeah, Pickamol and uh, Camera both making it in is quite surprising. Uh, Danny Preso hasn't made it in. Uh, Anthony Bula, uh, Belu, Belu, or I can never yeah, pronounce yeah, that guy's yeah. name properly. And uh, yeah, so they're the kind of ones that are 
not in the squad, I suppose. Um, yeah, quite a weird squad. I'm very surprised that Vakatawa seemingly, you He's know... He's come up on the rails, hasn't he? Yeah, massively so. Like a proper late run at it because it did seem like nobody really gave a fuck about him anymore, especially now that they unearthed Raka, who mm. sort of basically seems like a, you know, a, a Vakatawa who's actually learned how to play 15s. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see. They've certainly looked a more impressive unit over the last month than they did in the Six Nations. They look fitter. And... Yeah, and they look slightly and... more organised, even though they've not won every game or anything. But they did, they did, they look well. You know, yeah. they daft things like people seem to know what their position requires of them, things like that. You know. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, they actually picked fullbacks as fullbacks, and they are they are at least tangentially aware of where. You yeah, know, something that resembles a functioning international centre partnership, things like that. You know. Uh, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in England's group, like obviously, we're, we're, we're going to do the, just let you know, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to do the World Cup preview in two parts. First part next week and then the second part of the week after. We'll go group by group, split them into mm-hmm. two episodes, just so you know. Uh, so we're not going to go into the, you know, how will they do in the World Cup in a huge amount of detail no. right now, but they are in England's group. Yeah. So interesting. I do, I do think that there's, it's really interesting, the picking of pick all sort of after it seemed very much like he was on the fringes and unlikely to make the World Cup, is either a sort of testament to his ability to just keep coming back, even when people write him off, as happened quite a few times before, uh, and might also be a little bit of a sort of safety blanket, I guess. I think with Piccamole, um, he can do something other people can't, can't he? Yeah, that's very true. And you that can't, and you can't. Things like that are always worth a gamble, aren't they? So I suppose it's a bit like the Vakatawa thing, when you mm. need to fucking do something daft because he's not going to start one of thought. So it's when you need to do something daft, really, against someone. No, I, I still, I don't think picking three locks, one of whom is suspended into the first two games, is just brilliantly. The difference they've the, got, the, there's got to be a bit of madness in a French world. I Cup think the caveat with all it. of these, of course, is is that it could all change in the next month and during the tournament anyway. You're playing in a tournament, still, and it's going to be fucking boiling game, and humid yeah. as hell, and there's still a game yeah. to play. And and it's not like in, you know, in some sports where your World Cup squad is what it is, and if you lose it, tough shit, you have to make do with what's left. You know, you do get to replace them, don't you? So Yeah, you know, the, the difference is obviously that it's a hell of a long way away this time. So uh, Yeah, true. Anybody on standby is going to have to be able to get out there pretty bloody rapido. Um, but, French, yeah, like I mean, it. Yeah, it's an interesting squad. It's a squad that I think is going to do a lot better than I thought it would have done, you know, about six months ago, put it that way. It looks like they'll put something approximating a dignified showing on, which yes. at points Great. didn't look like it would happen. Whether that's to do with Galtier coming in, I don't know. Maybe that's whether that's to do with the fact that France just have something too much changed. talent, basically, and you can't keep them down forever. Something's definitely changed for them, I feel. Um, There's something there, yeah. They yeah. they are better organised. They do actually seem to have something looking like a structure, even with Lopez mm-hmm. playing. So, Yeah. Yeah, okay, so, so um, what do we do next? Well, with Scotland, we haven't got the, uh, mm-hmm. the actual squad yet, but they have leaked uh, <laughs> who isn't going to be uh, involved. Um, 
And there are some pretty high profile people um not going by all accounts, which is uh yeah, I mean it's quite bizarre really compared to like so Hugh Jones looks like he's missing out, uh, according to to Rugby Pass, who've mm. um who've got the squad. Now, you know, to be honest with you, <laughs> it's he's not had like he's gone from looking, you know, for all the money like the best twelve in the world. Yeah. People were using the L word inappropriately, weren't they? The yeah, yeah, word. yeah. Yeah, and now he's you know, he's still called you know, He's basically a try every other game as a international, but he hasn't. Yeah, I, I think there's there's issues with form and issues with defence mm. are always going to be. And Duncan issue. Taylor's fit, fit again, isn't he? And people forget how well he was yes, playing indeed. before he went through his yeah. hideous you know, injury heck. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, in addition to to Hugh Jones missing out, uh, there's also Magnus Bradbury, uh, Matt Ferguson. Josh Strauss and Rory Hutchison. Now, Josh Strauss, I think, I don't think many people expect, you know, he's quite old now. Mm. He's not, Scotland are not exactly blessed with a load of brilliant back rows, particularly sort of big ball carrying back rows. But I think if it was always going to be a, a shootout between him and, say, Blade Thompson, who's going to offer you more upside there? I think mm. it's probably Blade Thompson, isn't it? Hey, Strauss goes um, missing, doesn't he? He did, you know, he's he does. He's had a lot of chances to prove that he's an international player, and he's not really convinced me a lot that he is um, as good a servant as he's been to Scotland since he qualified. Obviously, um, I think Matt Ferguson missing out. I, certainly, from how they, you know, Scotland played on the weekend and how he individually played on the weekend, he couldn't have really done much more. Um, and it's a case, probably, I guess, that this World Cup's just come a little bit too quickly for him. It does make you realise, doesn't it, how, as a general point, fucking hard, doesn't it, picking squads? Every line squad like this, the, sorry to mention that word, but, that, you know, it's, it is yeah, like it you is. make you realise how bloody difficult it must be because you're going to leave people out. And yeah, well, I mean, there's always, every just, team like, always has one, at least one or two positions, don't they, where you're like, God, yeah, you know, somebody... Fucking hell, that's yeah. A, yeah, and it's because, you know, a World Cup squad is 31, you know, a Six Nations squad is quite often 35, sometimes mm. even more, and it's that additional three or four people that and I honestly I, I don't understand why World Cup squads aren't bigger in this age of fucking player you know player well, welfare 23 people for a match game as well for a match squad you know it's a, it's a yeah. lot yeah yeah I mean realistically World Cup squads should probably be at least 38 given the rigours that players have to go it through it should be 44 but... with a midweek coaching team and, uh... <laughs> and a totally different midweek team yeah um, yeah, and Rory Hutchinson as well. I feel uh, bad for because that lad literally could not have done anything else. He's only twenty three though, isn't he? He's only twenty three, but he's 23, you know 24. he comes he comes in, he lights up the thing and looks brilliant. He scores a couple of tries on the weekend. You know he gave it his absolute best go. Um, but yeah, that's two centres that I know Scotland are blessed with centres, but uh, I'm surprised he left both of them at home. I thought he would have taken one or the other. We'll find out, though, won't we? I suppose we will find out tomorrow. tomorrow. All of this is conjecture yeah. on one level, but you think they've come out quite strong, so the source must be quite good. Yeah, um, and it's going to get announced, as you say, tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, and and uh, Magnus Bradbury as well, obviously. Who uh, I like Maggie like... Bradbury. Me too. Uh, again, 
I'm not entirely convinced he's test standard yet. He's still learning it a little bit, but um, yeah, he's just he's failed a bit of a numbers game there, isn't he? But mm. I, I imagine, I hope there's not the similar sort of unpleasantness we've seen today with the Ireland squad oh. that greets, that greets fucking Blade Thompson getting ahead of him. Um, but we will see. Speaking of which, Ireland, Ireland yes, uh, supposed to be announced. Uh, on Sunday, <laughs> hastily brought so forward many leaks after the Irish. Somebody's getting such a fucking bollocking. I don't know who it is, but somebody somewhere in, Ireland, in the Ireland rugby setup is getting is in for a gigantic yeah. bollocking this week. Who is the leaky fuck? As uh, as Malcolm Tucker <laughs> yes would have described it. Um, yes. So going through that Ireland squad, uh, backs you've got Bundyaki, Joey Carberry on one leg, mm-hmm. uh, Jack Carty who. Um, Played very, very well on the weekend uh, and basically <laughs> kicked Ross Byrne into touch just by being excellent. Um, Andrew Conway, Keith Earls, uh, who we haven't seen hardly any of in the warm-ups because of injury. Um, Chris Farrell, Robbie Henshaw, Rob Carney, Jordan Lama, Luke McGrath, who got in ahead of Kieran Marmion, um, Connor Murray, Gary Ringrose, Johnny Sexton and the freshly shorn Jacob Stockdale. Um uh, <laughs> In the forwards, Tugburn, Rory Best, Jack Conan, Sean Cronin, Tad Furlong, uh, Kean Healy, Ian Henderson, Dave Kilcoyne, uh, Jean Klein, who we'll come back to, Peter Romani, Andrew Who's Porter. basically an international war criminal, isn't he? Let's be honest. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's kills puppies. Um, <laughs> Reese Ruddock, James Ryan, John Ryan. Uh, Nars Cannell, CJ Stander, and Josh van der Fleer. Particularly enjoyed on this Irish, uh, the picture that they did uh, to release the squad, which had everyone's names in Japanese underneath their name. Mm. And uh, you'd be fascinated to know that CJ in Japanese is CJ. <laughs> they, they just, they've given up trying to translate it and literally just written CJ. So, so the, big, the big news obviously is no Devin Toner, isn't it? Yes, uh, you know, arguably after some things that went on in the Wales game, he probably arguably should not be playing for the first couple as of well months. As well as a risk that he anyway. might be expand anyway, yes, in course, yeah. Yes, but um, yeah, so uh, the big sort of controversy has been obviously Klein being favoured over Toner. Um, Devin Toner's like 33, and for all of his, for all of his excellence and efficiency... He's not much of an athlete, and I he think was pretty handy of... in the ro- in the mall on Saturday. He was coming he was. through them. He was a, he was a bit, he was a handful, or using his hands to be a hand, getting a handful of everybody in, in the yes. in the mall. But I think the thing about Toner is right is that that period where everyone went, oh God, he's like the starting lock now, isn't he? Which was yeah. about twelve months long, came mm. as quite a surprise, I think. Yeah, because he'd never really shown that he was that good. He was decent he was enough, like, wasn't he? And stuff. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, wow, he's become sort of something. It looks a bit kind of indispensable here. But that was kind of the exception rather than the norm, wasn't it? So in a way, in my mind, in the past, he's 33 now, as you say. And in the, I don't know, the past, well, you this year, at, basically, yeah. this year, he seems to have become what I kind of always knew he was. It sounds like I'm having a big go at him. I'm not. I'm just saying I think he's a he's, no. he's a very efficient and useful operator, but... You know, not he's not going to blow any doors off, is he? Well, a theme that sort of a lot of the coaches, you know, particularly of the the Northern Hemisphere nations, seem to have gone with, is that they've looked at 
what kind of World Cup this is going to be, i.e. it's going to be played in the heat on hard grounds um, with probably not that much rain. And they've gone, well, we need athletes, you know, and we need players that can cover a lot of ground because there's there's, there's going to be a lot of fast-paced rugby that's going on at this World Cup. And for all of Devin Totona's qualities, an athlete he is not <laughs> um, in that sort of, you know, he's not Ian Henderson. He's not no. Tugburn, you know. he's. And when you look at the, the riches that Ireland have got in that second row in terms of pure fucking brilliant athletes, all-round rugby players and ballers, hmm. you know, it's... And like I, I sim, you know, you sympathise with him because he's been a great servant for Ireland, and you know, it, it was moderately unthinkable that he wouldn't have at least been in the squad this time last year. But you know, he's been replaced by somebody who is a a better physical specimen, you know, for this kind of tournament. And whether you like that or not, like. That is, you know, the fact that he's qualified two days or two years or 20 years before the start of the tournament doesn't really fucking matter. That's the thing, it's not even a discussion about whether he deserves to be picked that's been happening, is it? No. You know, the, 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 the stench that comes off the discussion is pretty mingy because if, like, say, I don't know, a fit Alton Dillon had been picked ahead of Devin mm. Toner, you wouldn't be having this discussion, would you? Oh, nobody would have really, but I mean, there would have been some sort of eulogy for Devin Toner's excellent international career and rightly so yeah but there would have been this outrage and this quite ugly vaguely you know the sort of thing that happens whenever a you know and it's not just Ireland it's with most Mm. you know look at the Gareth Anscombe fiasco you know (laughs) whenever a time-serving player gets qualified for a particularly a northern hemisphere country uh, (laughs) you know it's it doesn't seem to go down well, and people so, get very parochial and very sort of so John Clyde pleasant about it has caused yes. much brouhaha basically, hasn't he, on Twitter with he certainly with, has with many on Twitter demanding that something must be done to demand and to stop those who would qualify for citizenship of a country playing a recreational game for that country that simply must be stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in order to join in with this, we've decided to make a list of residency rules that World Rugby should immediately bring in to stop this sort of thing from happening. Because yeah, we, we will not have somebody who qualify as a citizen playing a recreational game for a national team. It's simply not yeah. on. None of these fucking residency tourists, you know. I won't have it. So, number one, you must be able to sing at least three of your chosen country's bleakest folk songs and if Agreed. you can sing five, you will be considered for captain. Yeah. Uh, I would say that uh, number two, uh, you've got to adopt no less than three uh, stray dogs or cats and then uh, provide them basically a Richie Rich style existence. <laughs> uh, number three, your kids, however many kids you have, and, even, and if you gave birth to a new kid while in your new country, every single one of them, must have a flag, the flag of their new nation, tattooed on their face. Agrees. Yeah, a yeah. bit like a sort um, of a, a Jewish circumcision type thing, except <laughs> rugby and flags. Yeah, exactly that. 
that you must also be able to uh, recite pi to 13 decimal places in the language of your adopted country. Uh, if your adopted country has the same language as the one you already speak, you must make up a language that sounds <laughs> vaguely like it could come from that country. You have to make up a dialect. Yeah, you must create a new language for your children. And, and get it officially registered. Like the Ulster Scots language. You have to like exactly pretend that. it exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, yeah. um, number four, you have to join the army and fight in a proper war. Yeah. If there's no yeah. proper war on at the moment, you have to start one and provide evidence that it was yeah. you that started it. Yeah. That's the only way you get um, to play a recreational game for your country. Absolutely. Uh, you must uh, move to uh, the most industrially impoverished area of your chosen country and then using your uh, personal wealth you must kickstart whatever long dead uh, industry once basically sustained that area and then bankroll their economic recovery uh, you must write and perform a song that reaches at least the top 10 of the eurovision song contest if your I mean, new like, nation is not in a Eurovision area, you have to reach at least the live battle rounds of The Voice singing one of those folk songs that we mentioned before. Only way you're going to get it. picked, because down with this sort of thing. Um, yes, and uh, finally from me, um, you must uh, exercise an ability uh, with you know various tests to pinpoint exactly which kind of immigrants your specific country considers to be good immigrants and which ones they consider to be bad immigrants, and determine those with an accuracy of 100%. You must start, linked to that, I think you must also start a nationalist, populist political party and stand there for election. <laughs> you have to do that. Yeah. And then finally, not only must you speak the language fluently of your new country, you must also choose a regional accent to adopt, and you have six months to perfect it from the minute you set foot on the tarmac. That's when the clock starts ticking. There'll be government employees paid to stand starting clocks on tarmac in airports, just to make sure this happens. Yeah. If after six months you've not achieved this, you will not receive citizenship, you will not play for the country in rugby, and you will be fired from a cannon into the sea. Honestly, I I wish World Rugby, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, we're trying to sort of set our stall out for World Rugby presidency in a couple of years, like old Gus Pichot is, but if World Rugby would just adopt these basic common Simple sense measures, common sense measures you know, to, to, to stop this sort of thing, to stop I mean, poor Devin, you know, crying uh, salt tears down his giant, yeah. shiny, bald face. I mean, if we can't do it for him, then what are we doing it for? What is you know? what is the rugby family about? Yeah, if we if can't not do this, telling, telling foreigners to fuck off. <laughs> so there you go. Now I'm telling you something. If I get, if there's a tweet from Augustine Pichot in the next week saying that he wants to start firing people out of cannons, I'll know exactly yeah. where he's got it from. So absolutely, I'm not going to put it, and I won't put it past him either. The shit out. Right then, are we still on squads? Sorry, diversion. <laughs> we were, aren't we? Uh, yeah, so um, from the Ireland squad, uh, Jack Carty is probably the big surprise. Um, Connacht 10, who's brilliant on the weekend, to be honest. He, as he's good been as really Bath impressive as every time he's had to do anything in a green... I mean, yeah. the, the international green shirt, not the green shirt. Yeah, yeah, Connacht, yeah. yeah. As, as bad as Ross Byrne, you know, heir apparent next big thing was the week before against England, Carty was good. And yeah, absolutely. He had a, he had a, he had a 
better run of it with the with his forwards performance though than Burns. Absolutely did, in, did. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in Burns' defence, but obviously um, Schmidt's gone. Regardless of Ross Burns, you know, big cup experience in the European mm-hmm. Cup, he fancied Jack Carty instead. Sorry, I punched my microphone. There. Yes, I do apologize. Yeah. Um, no, Jordy uh, Murphy, who I think is a bit uh, unlucky to miss out, but mm. Reese Rudder gets in. I think Joe Smith likes Reese Ruddock. He plays quite often. Yeah. He always kind of comes back to me. I respect Reese Ruddock a lot. I think he's an incredibly hardworking player and every team needs them. But, I mean, it is a bit weird that they're still persisting with him at this stage, you know. Joe Smith likes him and he looks like a mechanic. (laughs) Looks like he should be in overalls, you know. (laughs) He absolutely does. And And that's exactly the kind of thing you should be selecting. To be fair, I mean, where where, where do people stand on Reese Ruddock getting selected? Yeah, was he? He I was mean, born in Wales, wasn't he? He absolutely was. Yeah, or I mean, his dad is was the bloody coach of Wales. I know that, but was Reece, did Reese go over as a kid? That's probably allowed. Let's let's find out. Um, Reese Ruddock was born in. Ah, oh, he's born in Dublin. Oh, was he? he? When thing he was over there. All right then. Sorry about yeah, that. Fair enough. Fair That's enough. all right then. He's not stealing yeah, the place of a righteously we'll righteously born Irish person. Yeah. Yeah. So there's the Ireland squad. Um, interesting. If I mean they looked a lot better at the weekend. There's no doubting about. It's that. almost like it's a process, isn't it? This preseason. Yeah, they thing. were up against obviously a, a Wales team that had never met before, but they looked dramatically more coherent and the forwards were just not nearly as bad and it, as, as well it should have been to be honest if they'd have had two performances as bad as the one against England uh, I think that would have been cause for genuine proper alarm what do we think about Steph is, Evans's bother boy echo uh, I mean it's just the latest offence in a long 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 list of hair crimes that we've seen over this World Cup warm up cycle to be honest yes um, and if Gatlin decided not to pick him purely on the basis of that Barnet, uh, I wouldn't hold it against him. Speaking of what, should we do All Blacks or Wales first? Uh, let's do the All Blacks. Go on. Yes, um, nothing particularly shocking about that. Uh, no Owen Franks is a big. That was a bit of a shock, wasn't it? Bit of a shock, yeah. Uh, no Lamape either, which I mean, he's been brilliant for the last two years. And, yeah, I'm surprised. He also that... brings a little bit of something else, doesn't he? But, yeah, he's just an absolute pocket rocket, isn't he? And, yeah, I feel for him. You know, you look at that midfield now, and it's like Jack Goodhue, Ryan Crotty, Lynette Brown, and Sonny Bill. Like, I mean, it's not bad. I'm, it's, know, a good, it's a good midfield. Let's not, not <laughs> dice, dice too much yeah. here. It's not bad. None of, with the exception of Sonny Bill, who obviously, to be fair to him, is getting on a bit now. It's they're not really a sort of game-changing midfield. They're just an absolutely rock-solid, honest as the day is long, effective, hard-carrying, good defensive midfield. Which, to be honest with you, with the attacking talent the All Blacks have got everywhere else, is probably all they need. No Liam Squire either. No Liam Squire indeed, no. And uh, yeah, so who said that he wasn't mentally and physically ready to play, which is uh, fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah. Last time so, for Kieran Reid, of course. Will we see his like indeed. again? 
And the big thing about uh, with the All Blacks, of course, is they are understandably, but still sort of riskily, they are taking the risk of picking Brodie Retallick, who... His shoulder injury, was it? Shoulder damage or something? Yeah, 100% still injured. <laughs> like, he, Yeah, but he, of all the players he, you're going to go for... Yeah. He's very, you know, I see, you know, he's he's basically New Zealand's Corey Hill, isn't he? Lots yeah, of people yeah, yeah. say that about Brody Retallick, don't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it does seem very much like, you know, Brody Retallick is unlikely to be ready for the start of the World Cup. And, well, basically, Steve Hansen, in slightly cocky news, has said that, Retallick's unlikely to be available until the quarterfinals. Which, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, to be fair, I, to I be don't fair. think there's much to worry yeah. about there, is there? No, but um, yeah, that is still a big old roll of the dice. You know, it's <laughs> it's basically saying we will not have this guy until the group, you know, until the knockout stages, and then we will hope that after. 16 weeks out he's going to be in a position where he can start a world cup quarterfinal or be in any way part of a world cup quarterfinal that is a big old ask i do think looking at this you know they are undoubtedly right up there as you know like, oh, yeah. as they always are but i'm not as terrified as i would have been honestly maybe a couple of years ago this is not the scariest all blacks team they'll probably they're... still win it but i don't think anybody should go in there it. shitting themselves about it too much no. I think any team, you know, well, not any team, but certainly any team in the top five in the world, maybe even six, can look at that All Blacks team and think, we can have a crack at that. England could beat them. South Africa could beat them. Ireland could beat them. Who knows about Wales probably couldn't beat them, to be honest, because that's <laughs> Wales. Um, Australia could beat them. You know, it's... Yeah, yeah, it, it's it is it's they they look eminently get-at-able, which is not always the case with the All Blacks before a World Cup. Which, to be honest, given how the All Blacks have generally dealt with massive expectation leading into World Cups, um, is pro- they're probably quite happy about. If people are going to sort of underestimate them or think that they look beatable, that's probably more helpful to the All Blacks than everybody sort of assuming yeah. that they're going to be brilliant. But we'll see. And finally, Wales. 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 Uh, yeah, no, Luke as well. No, Rob Evans. What the fuck's that all about? Rob Evans. Uh, yeah, that's the one, isn't it? The one that will. Should Wales not do well at this World Cup, that is the one that is going to be the one that people are going to be asking questions about for a very long time. I genuinely uh, don't understand it. You know, you um, try and work it through because he's not injured. No, and he's Samson Lee. I understand not being in there. He's yeah. been, you know, you're not really sure about as much as I love the. Fuck. He's basically been injured for a year. Yeah, apparently Carre has been picked ahead of him, both because of how impressive he's been since he came into camp, where Gatland basically kind of as he is now allowed to do because he never has to go back to Wales ever again after <laughs> this. Um, basically, <laughs> in the press conference yesterday, was like, um, why hasn't this guy been developed? Like, his trans... Like, he basically said, from the start of camp until now, he has totally come on to a terrifying level as a player. 
and he's slightly baffled as to why the Blues. Why has nobody else done this? Yes. Well, why hasn't? Why have the Blues been played in four times last season? You know, it's which you know is is fair enough to ask, um, but yeah, and obviously he's there's a, they feel like being six foot and change and twenty odd stone that. Carey is going to be is more durable than Rob Evans, who has had a lot of injury problems over the last couple of years. And they mm. basically this because the reason that Rob Evans hasn't gone is because of Corey Hill. Basically, well, because you because, can't carry two injury risks in one squad effectively. Well, the, because they need because he wanted to keep Corey Hill with a broken fucking leg in the squad. Um, Still slightly baffled by that. Warren because, and Corey in a tree. K A S S I and G. <laughs> fucking loves him, doesn't he? Absolutely yeah, he loves him. Massively appreciates his leadership abilities and everything else that he brings. And fair enough, he plays very well. But because of that, you know, you've got Jake Ball, Adam Beard, Alan Wynn Jones, and one, you know, he wants, he wanted four available locks and he's got Aaron Shingler. As the sort of the floater, play it the play everywhere man. But in order to accommodate Aaron Shingler and Corey Hill in the same squad, he's only taken five props, and he's going to have uh, Win Jones playing on both sides if need be in case of emergencies. Um, yeah, the Corey Hill thing, I'm not happy about it <laughs> because taking a player who's having to sleep in. An oxygen tent, in the hope of being taking 1976 Elvis basically to yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> to an international rugby tournament yeah. is a, probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah, with less burgers hopefully. Um, but can't rule it out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's a weird, it's a big old risk, and it shows the importance of. Well, who would go if he wasn't there? Seb Davis. Well, it'd be Brad Davis. Brad Davis, imagine. wouldn't it? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, in terms of the squad, but yeah, because yeah, yeah, if Hill get if Hill gets if Hill can't recover, I would be very surprised if they don't just stick with the ones that they've got and Aaron Shingler and bring Rob Evans out. But if Moriarty gets injured, is Navidi the eight? Yeah. Well, I like Navidi, but. I like you don't want to play a World but... Cup quarter final with Justin Reedy as your eight, would you? I don't Absolutely think... not. Well, that's why the worst, the absolute worst part of Saturday was, and and next going to be next Saturday as well is holding my breath that Ross Moriarty never has to come on the field at any point because if he gets injured, we're fucked. Um, because there are no more number eight, number eights in Wales. Really. Yeah. Speaking of back rowers, I didn't realise until I read friend of the pod, Jamie Phillips' oh. tweet, what Aaron Wainwright's backstory was. And I knew he'd come out of nowhere. Oh, it's incredible. But I had no He's idea he effectively incredible. was being a footballer till he was 16. Then went, oh, I'll give rugby a yeah. lash then, shall I? Yeah. Well, he got turfed out by the Cardiff Academy, you know. And they got to. It's so recently was he turfed out of the Cardiff Academy that his final sort of player photo for Cardiff is him wearing that red shirt. The red shirt. When Cardiff rebranded. Yeah. Yeah. Victor, Vincent. Very, very recent because it was because... Yeah, they've only gone back in blue last season, didn't they? Yeah, a couple of seasons ago. But it's like, yeah, that was was when he was 16, which would have been, you know, seven years ago. 
mad. Terrifyingly. <laughs> what a talent, um, though, yeah. man. Yeah, so I'm, this professional football thing's not working out. I'll go and play a couple it's of games with amateur rugby, then become yeah. a professional rugby player. Oh, and then become an international yeah. rugby player. I'll go play for Whitehead's RFC at 17 and then be playing. If he gets injured, he'll probably be playing in the Ryder Cup in two years or something. I'll tell you, I've got to have a lash on the Celtic Manor golf course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there are definite, there are good things about this Wales squad, I think. I'm really excited by uh, Reese Carey because he just is an absolute massive man. And it's hard not <laughs> to get. And it, um, it's hard but he's interviewed, he's very, very likeable. He's a very charming yes. lad. <laughs> yes. And yeah, he's just huge. Apparently he's lost 10 Ks, kgs since the start of Wales camp. And he's still over 20 stone. I'm sorry to divert to the sport, but on Saturday night, um, I was, I'm married 20 years this year. And on Saturday night, we had um, a party for that. Congratulations. So that's yeah. why I'm a bit tired today because we were cooking for like 50 people and having to entertain and things. It's a lot. But <laughs> about half 10 on the Saturday night, my mate shouts me from Liverpool League, come and have a fucking look at this. And I went in and the cricket was on. It was West Indies versus somebody. And there was a gentleman batting for the West Indies who I, I'm sad to say I haven't seen before. But believe me, ladies and gentlemen, look this up immediately. Have a look up Raheem Cornwall, who plays right. for West Indies. I also, when he, I walked in and looked at him, I thought, I don't understand this. I don't understand this at all. I have no understanding of how this is a thing. I mean, I've just seen a photo of him and I don't understand it, but I'm extremely keen to see more. It's like Clarence Beef Tank has gone to play cricket. <laughs> he weighs 140 kgs. He is fucking massive. His bat looks like kindling in his hands. And I think he's an all-rounder. I think he bowls spin and, and bats. Yeah. And my God. What? When you're that big, surely you've got to be a pace bowler. You're a hundred. Imagine that. Yeah, but imagine having to run in bringing... carrying that oh, yeah, heft, yeah, though. Or you'd be like one one over sessions, or maximum two one. sessions a day. Yeah. <laughs> but honest to God, he is he is conspicuously he is fucking enormous. Huge. Yeah. I've never seen anyone like that playing cricket before. No, it's a, it's like... remarkable. I'm sure there'll be lots of cricket fans listening. I used to watch a lot of cricket, but I'm, I've lost touch a bit. And he is he's he's a, he's startling. So have a look. Yeah. He is six foot five and, <laughs> and, he's, and, and three... he's fat, man. Let's be honest, he's quite yeah, chubby. He is 308 pounds. Which... He looks like a left tackle or something, doesn't he? He looks like a. Yeah, looks... well, that's the thing. That's six foot five and 308 is left tackle level, you know? But there Not... he is bowling, bowling off breaks. There he is bowling spin, yeah. Bowling off breaks and, <laughs> and batting at eight and trying to. Yeah. It's amazing. But that's what. But that's what Carry brings to the Wales squad in a way, because it's like he's he, like there is no substitute sometimes for a very large human. Yep. And particularly from a ball carrying point of view, I'm really excited about the prospect of Wales bringing him on 60 minutes into a test match and saying, "Go on, Reese, just just fill your boots, mate." It's like Will Skelton's career. Look at what he got away with, yeah. just because he was yeah. fucking enormous, basically. Exactly. But. In similar, you know, in in similar parallels, where's Reese Carey going after the World Cup? Oh, of course he is. Yeah, oh, they're yeah, slimming yeah. right down there. He looked like he looked like the Terminator by the next Six Nations. This fella. <laughs> well, that's what I'm really hoping for. If Reese Carey comes back from the World Cup, goes to the Saracens, and then becomes as good as all the Saracens props are, then I mean, 
it's a very, very good post Gatland loose head world there, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah. Other than that, no great surprises, is there? No, I mean, I am baffled as to what Hallam Amos has done to deserve to be in the squad, if I'm brutally honest. He's done fuck all. Is he a bit bigger than Owen Lane? He's not, is he? No, Owen Lane's fucking massive. He's massive, isn't he? Lovely finish as yeah. well on Saturday. Owen Lane's also very funny, as he basically said that he it was a real privilege to win his first cap, even if he had to share it with Reese Carey, which made me laugh after <laughs> Carey said that it was a real pleasure to share it with his mate Owen Lane. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's I, I'm still baffled by it. Because They're thin in the centres, aren't they? That's the thing. They've not picked... Now, Scott Williams, like, it's fucking... Gatlin said today, right, that at the start, at the start of Wales camp, Scott Williams' back injury was so bad that he was not able to bend over and pick up a training cone. <laughs> and yet some... Like, to be honest with you, he looked pretty shit um, on his first... On the weekend. But so did everybody, but apart from Reese Patchell. So did everybody, apart from Reese Patchell. And also, that was his first game since in... You know the best part of a year, and it was also eight weeks ago he couldn't touch his toes. But he, I mean, he he genuinely covers twelve and thirteen. He's very I very good in defence, and he is experienced. I think it's a big mistake, personally. That that for and we me, like Owen Watkins, don't we? We like Owen Watkins. Yeah, but... I like. I, I well, I would have picked four centres. That's true. Fair to point. be honest, <laughs> and. And no Hallam Amos, for example. Yeah, like I, I, when you look at the versatility across that back line, you know, with Halfpenny's ability to play wing and full back, George North's ability to play. I mean, is, is the is the plan to play George North at thirteen? Oh, come on now, come on! It please, can't be. Uh, please no. Um, but yeah, I don't know what. Just that you know, very idea should have Wales fans <laughs> weeping right now. I mean, I mean, let's not forget, you know, at the last World Cup, we were playing Lloyd Williams on the wing at one point. So that worked out all right, didn't it? You bastards! It worked out yeah. fine. But you know, absolutely anything could happen in the next, as you know, a hell of a lot. Do you want to go on, happened? Lloyd? Yeah, okay. What do you want me to do? Just get the ball on the wing and twat it as hard as you can towards a post. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Oh, yeah. that's happened. Yeah. Fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we all remember what happened in the final warm-up game. In the last World Cup, you know, everybody's saying that this thing is somehow fucking set in stone now. We we lost Lee Halfpenny and Reese Webb against fucking Italy last time mm-hmm. in our final warm-up game. So that's seared into your memory. <laughs> yeah, never gonna, you know, and, and nobody here is safe until the World Cup is over, as far, <laughs> as, far as I'm concerned. And but yeah, I do think Halamimus's versatility is good, fine, whatever. I just don't. I'd have picked Owen Lane ahead of him, to be honest. I certainly would have picked Scott Williams ahead of him. Um, and yeah, I just I don't see what he's done. But Gatland obviously likes something about him, and he always has liked something. Yeah, about him he has, hasn't he? Yeah, the, um, he's, he's always there when he's fit. It's not often that I think you play half an hour in a. Coaches don't base their decisions on like half an hour in a warm up oh, random warm up game, do they? However, it's I not... think they do if you're Reese Batchel and the current situation at ten with Wales. Well, it's like, yeah, that's fucking good enough, you're in. Yeah, well Gatlin's, you know, was quite upfront about it before the game and basically said it's those two who are fighting it out to be the other ten in this squad. And yeah, I mean, I feel for 
I really do feel for Jared Evans because I think he could be a very good player for Wales one day. But he did not take his chance at all. And Rhys Patchell came on and just looked exactly like Rhys Patchell looked when he became Wales's first choice 10, you know, 12 months ago. Yes, indeed. People forget that, don't they? Yeah, well, it's more than 12 months ago now, but, you know, the, you know six, I mean? you know, the 2018 Six Nations, you know, <laughs> he was Wales's number one fly-off. And we were talking about him being, you know, the full, complete, all-round 10 mm. that we'd been waiting for. And then... He's a, he, I mean, he's got a, he's got a lot of hair, he's Patchell. He's got a lot, he's honestly. A lot of, there's a lot of hair going on there. That He has got an entire... Look at his forehead. He's barely got How any How many forehead. follicles per square inch do you think you're dealing oh, with Oh, it's there? dense. It's, it sort of refracts light around <laughs> it. It's remarkable. It's got its own weather system, as a, <laughs> to quote, quote a questionable film. Um, right, that's that's it. Let's be on to shit good. Uh, oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Um, shit. Okay. Yes. Um Shit, the endless number of times that we're going to hear the phrase carry by name, carry by nature from commentators over the next few months. Um, Simon Thomas unfortunately said that about oh, two weeks. Oh, Simon. And, you know, as a, as a good, as a sort of gag, it's fine, but I've since heard at least two other Wales Online journalists use it in articles, and I will bet any amount of money you like that it's going to get rolled out by a commentator in Wales versus Georgia. I'm covering Italy, uh, sorry, yeah, France, England, Italy and Wales Island this weekend. So I get, I really am going to get the dog end of whatever resembles a <laughs> test game, aren't yeah. I? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we're talking shit while we're there, um, the fact that, I mean, these meaningful real test matches that we're having, um, Eddie Jones and Conor O'Shea both wanted to play the full 31 players in <laughs> and were own, and only didn't do so because World Rugby went, No, you can't do that. This is not football, that, as Nigel would this say. Is not yeah. a, this is not a real game otherwise. And if you try to play you know, it's already been a test attributed test status. And if you do that, you'll lose your test status and we can't use your official you can't use officials then, etc. 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 It's like A Surely this should have been consulted beforehand. And B, it just reminds you exactly how pointless and meaningful these games are, you know? Yes. Meaningless, I should say. So uh, enjoy that. What else we got that shit? Barry O'Sullivan gets in touch and he says shit is Barry is Ireland's communications department. Uh, yes. yes. Well, I mean, not entirely their fault, but uh, yeah. Somebody was had a really shit morning over in the communications department in the in the IRFU today. Actually, shit. Speaking of thinking about it, is squad leaks. Yeah, because who's doing that? I, because somebody, you know, they weren't supposed to find out until Sunday, right? So, Devin Toner, as much as you know, <laughs> we've said that he needs to take it on the chin. Instead of getting phoned up by fucking Joe Schmidt on Sunday morning and going. I'm sorry, Devin, you haven't made the World Cup squad. He's had to read about it in the Irish Independent. I think that's a bit shit, if I'm honest. Yeah, there is something about, yeah, journalists should go, no, I'm not doing it, really. Like, it's a daft, daft thing to do. Of course you're going to do it. It's a scoop. It's your job. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, scoop, scoop. I blame the person who's leaking it from the squad, to mm. be honest, mm. not the journalists that are reporting it. Bit of a shit thing to do. What have we got here? Uh, 
KH gets in touch and says, shit, is Luke McGrath, Rory Best, Conor Murray, and John Klein going to the World Cup? Oof, that's pretty strong, KH. I mean, you don't want your captain. Yes, you don't want your captain, and you don't want arguably one of the leading scrum halves in the world going. <clears throat> I, find I mean, that, I, I find would... that confusing. I know Connor's not in great form, and now Rory Best, but I don't think it's value over replacement territory here. Yeah, I'm not sure that Kieran Marmion and Luke McGrath are better than Luke McGrath and uh, and my name. Why? Where's my brain gone? My brain is just. Kieran Marmion and Luke McGrath is better. Is that better than Conor Murray and any of the other? There ones? we go. Conor Murray's name just like <laughs> popped out of my head for a second. Well, maybe there. that's KH's point. You see, he's you know he's maybe. becoming so yeah, anonymous just... we can't remember him. He's not had a great he's year. Been... He's not had a great year, but I don't he's think not. he can he's throw that much not. experience and, and class out. No. Yeah, I'd still much rather have. Ditto than... Rory Best. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Um, they do. I mean, I like Rory Best, right? And he's got a very long, obviously, a distinguished career. And absolutely. he should be praised for it. I do <laughs> think they go in a bit on the hyperbole with him, though. Honestly, I, I this won't go down well in Ireland, I appreciate. But I think that he has consistently been one of the most overrated hookers I've ever come across. Purely on the basis of he was never that good at throwing. He was never that good at scrummaging. He was always quite good over the ball, and, a hot, and he tackled, and he made his tackles, and that was basically enough for him Didn't to he get, get the captaincy one of the best vote. in the world. Uh, yeah, or something like, like that. It wasn't like a it kind a, of I've stepped, I've emerged as an incredible leader. Yeah, sort of Bod, thing. Bod retired, and O'Connell had retired, and they didn't know who to make captain, and so they held, they like basically did a, a private vote, and they he got the most. Which says a lot about his colleagues, I suppose. Which says but a lot about, you know, his, about yeah, his, his, yeah, his... I think he is absolutely a leader, but in terms oh, of his is, quality yeah. as a player... And it sounds like I'm saying I'm he's a bad rugby player. Still. I'm not. It's just he's that a lot, of his, a lot of the eulogies of his career of have been start, have started, and he should be given absolute respect for the, the career he's had. But they talk, he, they're almost talking like he's one for the ages, and I don't, I don't hold with that at all, uh, really. No, I think he's been a perfectly good player for Ireland. He's been Ireland's and best. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. But, uh, no. Yeah. And he's been Ireland's best hooker in probably the worst era for Irish hookers that I can ever remember. Like, there, it's been a truly... There's, the cupboard has been bare. There's for been no outstanding years. replacement putting their hands up, as they put it that way. No. You know, you've only had to look at the players that they've had to... So they've tried to sort of crowbar into that. And, you know, it looks like it's that's changing a little bit now. And I think that, you know... Some of the hookers that are coming through in Ireland look quite decent. But, yeah, certainly for the last 10 years, the cupboard has been very bare, and I think that's probably... If you're in Ireland... Because he's the only one they've got, in the same way that, like, if you're only outside centre is Jonathan Davis, as was Wales's case for a very long time, and arguably still is, you know, I probably rate Jonathan Davis higher than I should do, mm. because we've got... Although I do think he's very good. Um yeah, it's a funny one, that. But... No, and again, I'm not trying to... I don't, I don't know. No, 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 no. It just I always find it strange when people saying talk... Saying he shouldn't yeah. be at the World Cup is probably a bit strong. That's strong, strong KH, yeah. I, but I understand the sentiment that he's perhaps... Yes. ...quite a way past his best. Frey Goodman gets in touch and says that shit is the poor effort made by streakers in the modern game. Honestly, don't even take your fucking trousers off, son. Boxer shorts and shirt, wasn't it, I heard? Or yeah, did he still yeah. have full strides on? Oh, uh, he might have had his box shorts on, yeah. But still, Either way, it's a disgrace. Take your fucking shirt off. My, For God's sake. 
our friend Mike Bubbins on Twitter said that if I'd have been the steward, I'd have caught him, stripped him off, and made him walk back to his seat with no <laughs> clothes on because there are standards that must be upheld. And he's quite I mean, right yeah, as well. He's, he's, you know, Mike's an, an uncompromising man in those that regard. <laughs> and uh, I, I support it. Any more shit from you? Uh, shit is the absolute brass neck of Premier Sports to be upping their monthly price by two quid. You've been carrying yeah. this wound for a good few days now, haven't you? <laughs> Honestly, like, the cheek of them asking you to spend, you know, more than what BT now costs per month for such a much more inferior product. And, you know, any there were plenty of people who were basically fucking you know, unable to watch the Scotland game on the weekend because it was just cutting out constantly. And they're just not good at it. And they're acting like they're big time. And they're charging big time money. But they can't even get a fucking channel in HD yet that looks decent. And I just feel like genuinely... I feel like I'm getting the piss taken out of me because people like me and the... Have to. to watch them. Yes. Yeah, I got and you know, if you are a fan of a Pro 14 team, you have no choice really but to subscribe to Premier Sports, and because of that, they're basically just milking us for cash while not making their product in any way noticeably better. And it's fine sometimes, but it's usually fine when either it's the Irish stuff who seem to spend a bit of decent money on it. Or it's the all Welsh stuff where Sunset and Vine do a decent job mm. of. But like anything else is fucking dreadful. I've used it as a Premier Player a few times. And I've never had a problem with it, I must say. I'll throw that out there. I've never had an issue with it on, online. Um, I find that the Premier Player's Android app is one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, I think I've only app. used it on the desktop. Yeah, it's maybe not too bad on there, but. Honestly, like if you're not ready to do this shit, then like, if you're having the same experience it. of going to one of those like livesports.eu type uh, <laughs> websites, well, yeah, there's, then... there's a couple of times that I've had to watch illegal streams because Premier Player's fucked or doesn't work properly, yeah. and that's just I'm paying twelve quid a month for that. So now. Premier Premier Sports, you've made Josh break the law through yeah. no fault of his own, but he's trying to pay good money. Yeah. Uh, I am indeed paying good money. What else have we got here? Catherine Kavanagh gets in touch. Hello, Catherine. She says, shit is Irish rugby Twitter today. Absolutely disgraceful. Smacks of Farage. Lots of people outing themselves as nasty little islanders. Yeah. But we've given given you the answer, Catherine. It's solvable. It's solvable. Yeah. Yeah. Just follow our however many points that was. Nobody can complain then. No. Uh, Ian yeah, Wheeler gets in touch. It's been a bit nasty. Yeah, it's been a bit shit, really. It is horrible, mm. isn't it? It's horrible when, you know, I don't like it when when rugby sometimes reveals itself as being a bit too rugby. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We love yeah. rugby, but sometimes it is a bit like, no, uh, oh, man. That's the, rugby has a, a sort of, there's a stereotype of rugby that is, I don't think, very fair and doesn't reflect no. a lot of... The vast majority of the people who I interact with regarding rugby, about rugby being a sport of fucking reactionary arseholes, etc., etc. But, yeah, then there are times Well, history proves that it is, and then sometimes that comes racing to the surface 
Um, yeah, and it sort of makes you you. I wouldn't say it makes you like the sport a little bit less, no. but it makes you go, oh, oh, that's a that's a shame that this is the thing that I am. But sport reflects society, doesn't it, Josh? You see, it does. There's it does. every element. There's people like there's annoying twats like us, and there's annoying twats like them. So fair enough. True that. Um, Ian Wheeler gets in touch and says, "His shit is Lohan Goujon's response to stamping on Richie Gray's face and putting it down to a stupid gesture of annoyance." He said, "He makes it sound like he's it was he sighed a bit in an exasperated fashion." Yes, a stupid <laughs> gesture of annoyance. I mean, yeah, technically he's correct, but it's also. I mean, who hasn't stamped more... on somebody's face when you're a little bit annoyed? Come on, yeah, who I mean, among us? Therein, therein lies the 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 everything. Yeah. Uh, um, go on. Are we going to do good now? I've got a few more shits do... here. Tom Dare okay. says that shit is Georgia. Any talk of them being in the Six Nations come March when Italy are collecting the wooden spoon again. I want them to improve and develop too, but getting beasted at home by Scotland shows they're still miles off a tier one placement. Yeah, Agreed. Not just, get, not just getting beasted by Scotland at home, but getting beasted by Scotland at home in front of a third empty stadium. Mm. So even you know. they know what these games are about, even though there's meant to be begging for rugby over there. <laughs> even they go, I'm not exactly. turning up to that shit, but they say it in Georgian, exactly. obviously. Historic game, couldn't be bothered, and says a lot. Last yeah. shit, Evan Quick gets in touch. He said, shit is the pissed up bloke in front of me, in, I'm assuming in Cardiff, with a fucking Vuvuzela trying to whip the oh, crowd up. absolutely no... I know where do you even get that game. from? He's... He said, good job someone called a steward to remove the said instrument because I feared damage would have been done as he had a few <laughs> choice looks by everybody around him. Yeah, indeed. And quite right too. It's really interesting, like, how... Remember when, like, the South Africa World Cup happened oh. and then everybody fucking bought a... a noise, and, the, and then they l- literally lasted about two weeks before they were banned at all British sporting <laughs> yes. events. And Down was... with this sort of thing, yes. <laughs> We only do uh, extreme violence in our football ground. You will not blow an annoying horn. Absolutely not. Uh, right. Shall we move on to good? Let's go. What have you got? Uh, yes, let's do that. Uh, Jacob Stockdale, now that he's had a haircut. Look, yes. It's, you, you cannot deny the absolute Samson, reverse Samson-esque change in his play yeah. from last week to this week high and tight and all of a sudden he's looking like a good winger again Richie Craven got in touch agreement he said good was Schmidt deciding that the first order of business after last week was to take a pair of clippers to Stockdale's head I love this Absolutely true. I love the idea that he's like in the video analysis afterwards he goes I've looked at this and the thing has there's alignment problems and stuff like that but it mostly comes down to Jacob your hair's coming off <laughs> I don't want to cut my hair. And then Joe turns to Andy Farrell. Andy, sit down in that fucking chair before I knock thee down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got a bit of a full metal jacket vibe. Let's go. <laughs> yes, it does, doesn't it? And I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, um, go on. Uh, Dave Kilcoyne was fucking all over the place, wasn't he? Who, who knew he had that in him? I tell you what, I, as I said on Twitter, I think that Sean Edwards will want a word in Josh Navidi's shell-like for the Absolutely. way he fell off that first tackle. Yeah. Everybody else missing Kilcoyne, I can understand. He got ahead of steam up by then. 
He yeah. actually stepped off his left foot though. When you look at it, you think, oh, he, did. he missed that, he, but he, he did. So, he, him a little wolf, bit, yeah. Lovely left foot step, yeah. Uh, that what? is, it might be the best game you'll ever play, and what a waste of a game to play it in. Uh, what else we got? That's good. Edinburgh Rugby gets in touch, friend of the pod, and he said, um, "Good is the reception we got from the Georgians in Tbilisi. Also okay. pleased." Someone has come to visit. He said, not so good, however, was the state of me after accepting their city's hospitality with over-eagerness. I would imagine so, imagine yes. A piss, up into Ble- a, a piss up into Blisi is quite the experience, yes. Yeah. Um, good for me. Um, both Richie Gray and the aforementioned Liam Squire for um, not buying into the relentless sport trumps everything else bullshit that so often gets peddled to mm. and by professional players. Like, Gray has been, you know, he's turned down two invites to be to come to the Scotland training camp um, over the summer and has basically said, nah, <laughs> I've been injured constantly for the last two years. I'm finally fit again and playing, um, and I've got a young family, and I don't want to go to Japan. And I'm not turning up to all um, some tackle bags on the off chance you might need me. Yeah. And Liam Squire, equally, you know, he's had he's been injured himself, and he's, you know, as we said earlier, he said, you know, he's he's prioritising his mental health, and he doesn't feel ready for it yet. And you know, good on the pair of them for just going, you know, what something is more important than this fucking World Cup that everybody has been building up to be the most important thing in the world for the last four years. Richie Gray as well. I think to be fair, Toulouse have supported him for two years through all that as well, haven't they? So there's yeah, something yeah. about no, I'm not going to fancy, gonna, I'm not going to get my knee done in a bloody rucking drill. Yeah, I'm going to do it in a Toulouse game instead. Yes, <laughs> but at least then I can look you in the eye when I'm on the treatment yeah. table. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Graham Golvin gets in touch. He said, good is the prospect of Scotland playing any combination of Taylor, Harris, Hutchinson, Johnson and Jones in the centres. It's a long call as opposed to the... Un- it's a long way, it seems, from your- the unmitigated dross from eight years ago, i.e. Nick DeLuca, <laughs> Andy Anderson, Graham Morrison, Rob Dewey and Sean Lamont. Oh, a litany. When you can leave Hugh Jones and Hutchinson at yeah, home. Yeah, indeed. My friend, you have not done too bad. Not done too bad. Patricia says, good again is the man with the accountant's name, Andrew Conway, who, she also adds, looks incredibly like a skinny Sam Underhill. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> there yeah, is a bit a of that. Call, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what else have I got here? Good. Ben says, Scotland unearthing an all-round centre in Hutchinson, but Townsend will probably leave him at home, though. Uh, Rob Oram says, "Good right. yep. is the passing of the fuck it. I'll do it myself. Fitting baton by the in the Italian team to it. What it looks like is Jake Paledri actually. But, uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. Paledri was a <laughs> Paledri is basically better than Sergio Parisi now and yes, well now and yes, better. yeah, and arguably you know he's up he's 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 approaching Sergio level in Sergio Prime in terms of just like yeah I, I'll do everything lads don't worry about it I love him." Yes, he's an uh, absolute bastard. But as Rob says, I don't think Sergio's quite done with it yet. There'll be a bit of wrestling <laughs> for it, I think, for the baton. Oh yeah, I mean Sergio will carry on doing whatever he wants, but not so effectively. Let's be honest. Uh, the monthly rugby podcast awards account gets in touch and says, "Good is the video the WRU did." He said, "Well, uh, yes, the shit is that. some cunts moaning that it's the kick in the teeth for schoolboy rugby in Wales." Honestly, I don't know how people can see videos like that and find anything to moan about, but they can, can't they? Just fuck off. 
I'm just so bored of it. And then England had done well. I had actually missed it, to be fair. I don't know how, but I had. And I was like, well, yeah. and I was like, yeah, but England did it first. And I was like, yeah, but okay. I didn't see England. That's great as well. Well done, everyone. Also, this it's one, all great this news. This one's totally different. This one's totally different. I just used, <laughs> I just used like clips and comments of them playing youth rugby, and this one just went to their rugby clubs. They're two totally different concepts. And anyway, but... good work all round for recognising yeah, where players yeah. have come from. And actually, yeah. rugby, if it is rugby, it's not a, a revolutionary concept, though, no. is it? Oh, remembering where players have come from when they, you know, and it's a lovely play on rugby's heritage and all shit. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and everybody starts. It's really nice. I thought it was very nice. Yeah. And let's stop having being pissy about it, really. Yeah, it's not like they they sort of ripped off the Godfather, is it? You know, the, the one creative industry had a very a, a vaguely similar idea to another one that was quite obvious. Sure. And they were and both then, well a, done in slightly different ways. Re, executed them really, really well. Yeah, the oh, box the did something similar apparently, but I missed that one as well. Yeah, it's not because it's, it's not a good a idea that gets concept. people all twinkly yeah. and sparkly eyed, yeah. and you know, people love nostalgia. They love that no shit. shit. Oh. Stop being such. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but stop being such humorless twats about it. <laughs> Woof. I know. But what you made him do. Um, <laughs> the, finally, the Jackalist says, "Good is some World Cup warm-up games that were finally old-fashioned shambolic bobbins. They've been far too yeah. far too serious so far, and it's not our fault you sold forty-pound tickets. I want probables versus possibles and an error-strewn display of injury avoidance. Yes. Yeah. I think we definitely this." Felt like the weekend and well, last weekend, have... to be fair as well, where there was a lot more of that shit. There's a lot, lot, lot more of luck. We just can we please, please just get on a plane so I can actually <laughs> feel like this is actually happening, <laughs> and this podcast is with you. Have you got anything else before we finish? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Thank you, everybody, for your time. We didn't even talk about the games this weekend, and we've still managed to do an hour and twenty minutes. I think even for us, that's going some. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much all of you for your time we'll be back to start our World Cup uh, warm-ups not warm-ups Jeez, it's on, on my brain I can't shake it our World Cup previews we've, we've got to have our pre-season now yeah we so, have yeah you know. <laughs> we need to have a better performance than this week let me tell you somebody's <laughs> going to get a bollock we're both getting our hair cut by Andy Farrell tomorrow yeah, thank you very absolutely. much see you everyone guys ta-da as more sectors across Ireland are reopening the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.